This is AJ welcoming you to Inside the Quilting Pot. Grab a craft, have a seat, and let's get started, shall we? Today is April the 4th, um, 2014, just in case you listen to this a year from now. It is almost 12 noon, and I am off today. However, I have an appointment, and I am on my way to my appointment. Um, just a little quick back brief. I recorded this, or a portion of this, um, this morning on way on my way into my hair appointment at 5:30. Um, but after listening to some snippets of it, I decided to re-record because I didn't like the the flow of the show. So I am starting over, and this will technically be called Two and a Quarter Inch Girl. Part two, or maybe yet it should be redo. So, without further ado, I'll get started. Hi, I'm just going to insert a little promo from Daisy. Um, I speak about it a little bit during the podcast, but I am going to let her explain it um, as she would on her podcast. So, have a listen and then enjoy my podcast hi i'm very lazy daisy and i'd like to invite you to participate in the lazy daisy quilts 2014 ufo challenge i want to celebrate my birthday this year in a very special way by giving away a quilt to win that quilt, all you have to do is finish a UFO and share a picture. The rules are simple. It needs to be a UFO you've started before 2014 and that you finish before June 11th, 2014. Visit me at ldq.outlandishthreads.com for a link to the Flickr group. And in the meantime, go quilt something. There's a quilt to be won. As many of you know, or as at least those follow, who follow me on Twitter or um, follow my blog or just in general listen to my podcast, which if you don't, you wouldn't be hearing this anyway. So that's a mute point or is it moot? But either way, um, I did go to the Savannah Quilt Fest quilt show this past week and um, almost exactly seven days ago I did go last Saturday um, love the venue love the quilts um, however it didn't seem like it was a lot of people on the day that I went and usually um, at least my experience in the past is that on Saturdays you usually or tend to have a few more people then if it starts on a Friday or even on a Sunday, Saturday seems to be the busiest day for quilt shows. I'm not quite sure why is it why it wasn't more people. Um, I did hear a couple of vendors say that this was not as good as the Savannah, the Hampton one. But the Hampton one has been around for a while. So they have their, for lack of a better term, cult following. Um, one of my guild members of one of the two guilds that I belong to here um, 
when I asked her last week if she was going to be going to the quilt show, her answer was no because she didn't want to pay $14. However, there were several guild members that was making it a day. Um, they went out, they had breakfast, and then they all went to the show as a group, and I guess it was probably about 10 of them, maybe. Um, however, I only ran into about four of them during the quilt show. I wasn't a part of that because that would have a motorcycle is going by, sorry. And I think it's a Harley just because of the noise. But anyway, um, in order to have gone with the gill, I would have had to have met at the place in which the guild meetings are held, which is about 40 minutes from where I live and I would have been doing a backwards track. Um, yes, I could have drunk, driven and met them wherever they were having breakfast, but I tend not to do that very often because sometimes I, I'll go in a group and then for whatever reason I want to leave or there's something just not quite right and I don't want to be there. I want to leave early or come back or whatever. So I tend to do things different. Um, I did spend some time with them while they were there, the few that remained when I met when I saw them. But not a lot of times because I'm not a loner. I do like crowds. It's just some things I just like to do by myself and my guild, even though I belong to them, I don't have that sense of commitment to them like I did with my um, previous guilds in Northern Virginia because despite the fact of the drive um, when I was living in Northern Virginia, because it still took me about 30 minutes to get there, I just had a closer connection with the two guilds that I belong to up there, so um, I'm not quite sure why I'm not connecting with these two guilds that I'm currently a member of. So I'm not going to say any names. If you go, you'll, I mean, you can figure it out, but it's nothing against the people that are there. I just haven't found that deep rooted connection now. And for those of you who belong to guilds, you probably have an idea or a feel of what I'm talking about. So enough about that. So the, the venue was nice. Like I said, um, Lots of space, lots of quilts. Um, some vendors that I had never ran across before. Some that I have, and even in my Northern Virginia days, so that was kind of nice to at least see some people that I recognized from other venues in my Northeast days. Um, however, I think for the crowd that they had on Saturday, that venue was a little large. I also was told by one of the guild members that um, there were quite a bit more people on Friday. I haven't quite figured that out. The only thing that can come to my mind that may explain that, um, two things. One, that the guild member told me that they had a couple of buses come up from Jacksonville. Okay, got that. That would have brought a few more people. Um, however, they had a lot of classes going on. So... I am wondering if the weekday classes, I think they started on Thursday and Friday and continued through the weekend, I am wondering if people decided to go to the quilt show on Friday 
because of not having, you know, being able to get there after morning rush hour and potentially leaving before evening rush hour began, um, maybe they chose to go on Friday and then take classes on Saturday or Sunday. I did get a chance to peek into the classrooms as I was going into the admission area, and the classrooms were nice and spacious, and I don't know if they were warm or what, but the, the area of the quilt show was really cold, but I think they were planning on more people than normal, so they could have um, tweaked up the AC a little higher so it wouldn't stay on for such a a continuous time but anyway that's another thing I froze and I had on long sleeves and I had left my jacket in the car but I didn't want to go back to get my jacket or I would have had my jacket on the entire time so that's neither here nor there so all in all the, the festival was good I, I hope it comes back next year um, I hope that people um, don't think that this is a typical bigger quilt show because around here they have a lot of local guild type quilt shows and this is probably at least my thought process the first major company that has put out a big show here and I hope the vendors come back and I don't want anybody to judge the potential for this area based on its very first large quilt show like I said Hampton I think they're like above 20 for the amount of shows that they have had each year um, in February. So you can't, I hated to hear the vendors comparing Hampton to this one because Hampton is well established. This one is just getting started. But like I said, I, I hope it comes back next year. It'll make me happy. I don't mind paying the $14. Um, I think if they would have a daily admission rate that's a little less um, than that, then I think it would be better because my my own thought process, a nine or ten dollar a day daily rate would have been a little more appropriate than either you come and you pay fourteen dollars and have the ability to come all of the days, even though you may only plan on coming one, or you come on Sunday and pay twelve dollars, which is not that much of a difference because. On Sundays, usually the vendors are pretty much sold out of stuff. And you have to admit, when you go to a cool show, you, you definitely look to shop at the vendors because it's usually quilt shops that are not near you, that may be in another, uh, another part of the country or in the west or the midwest or the north, where, wherever they may be located. So you get to see and feel different, maybe area-specific fabrics that are not usually in your hometown. So I don't understand why the pricing was the way that it was. Because you draw people in, yes, it's a quilt show. Yes, you got to pay for the rental space and all of that. But why put it out to the public? Because you know the public is going to spend money as well as look at the quilt. So you already put a hardship on it. And I'm not so sure um, with the economy nowadays, I think they might have had more participation had their price points been a little different or had they chosen the smaller convention center to start with for their first 
gauge the crowds there and then maybe move up to the bigger convention center. And oh, by the way, the convention center is in Savannah. It is not in downtown Savannah, the old historic area. It's across the river. So it was nice if you wanted to park in the downtown area, you could have and caught the ferry over because they did have ferry transportation. And I think it was every hour on the hour or something like that. Or you could have driven across what I call uh, a B-A-T-B um, bridge. So, and that means in my speak, big A-double-S tall bridge. And it's called the Talmadge Bridge. It's, it kind of, it's, I want to say it's a, it's a suspension bridge. I think it is a suspension bridge. Bridge is not big as far as lanes. It's just high up, and it goes across the river. So you had those two ways: you either caught the ferry over, or you drove across the BAT bridge. So enough about the quilt show. I'll try to at some time during the weekend, because I doubt if I get this posted today. Because even though I'm off today, I got some work that I needed to get done. Um, doing a slide presentation so I want to get those slides done and sent in before the end of the work day so that they're there and ready for a Monday morning review so um, I may get this posted on Saturday the 5th um, in the interim I'll try to take pictures of what I purchased um, just off the top of my head I purchased a couple of block lock rulers I purchased this supposedly nice constant steam iron for those occasions that I want steam um, and it wasn't a big purchase I looked at the $200 iron I don't know if I was ready to spend that kind of money and this was under 40 bucks so um, it's not like I got 40 bucks to throw away but if it works fine if it doesn't it's not like I put a whole lot of money in it I have tried it um, and I think it takes a few times to prime the iron because it has no metal components. It has some kind of special plastic or whatever. It's kind of like a steamer. So I bought that iron and it's a, it's a United States, it's not a United States company, but anyway, it's a small business. So I'm trying to support the small business. Uh, and I bought some hand dyed fabrics and what else did I buy? Oh, I bought these magnet hangers. I haven't tested them yet. I have to scrounge through my command strips and pull off some of the, the hanging strips. Um, and I have to make a run to Home Depot to look at this, this strapping, this metal strapping that is used to, to secure things. And that's one of the things that you can use to hang your quilts if you put this metal strapping in the back of your quilt you don't have to have a continuous you um you just have to and anyway um if i if they have a website and a link to it i'll put a link to it and you can look at them um and you can hang your quilts up using metal things so you don't get the drooping or the pulling and it's supposedly a strong metal and his demonstration was great so he sucked me in so yeah i got those and what else did, oh I got a kit of this um, fusible applique houses and 
y'all don't know this, but I have a fashion fascination with Victorian houses. At one point in my life, I had put together a Victorian dollhouse and, yes, made a stand for it and bought furniture for it and wallpaper and floors and lighting kits to put in there and the furniture. So my dollhouse, you know, had ceiling fixtures and lights that you could cut on and off. And actually, I put it on eBay some years ago and I sold it. So, I am probably at some point going to do another one. I don't know when. But I love the look of Victorian homes. I, I just do. Um, they are, they just, to me, has an air of um, comfort and just sophistication and elegance. So, my motto when I go to a quilt show was I talking about the quilt I don't know what I was talking about, but I'm going to talk about this now. My motto <laughs> going to a quilt show is I troll the vendors. I go in and I go up and down the rows and I see what vendors there are and I see what ooh, ah, shiny has piqued my interest right off the bat. Once I do all of the vendor trolling, then I start on the perimeter of the quilt show and I go up and down and if they have them on um, from the horizontal then I'll go up and down and then I'll go to horizontal rows and then I'll go back to the vendors that piqued my interest when I first got there um, and my motto is if what gave me the ooh ah shiny I want that is still there when I do my second pass then I'll usually buy it. So I went past this little vendor with this fusible um, applique quilt, and I'm like, God, that's so cute. So cute. And so I stopped the first time, and I said, do you have a kit for it? She said, no, I can't get those fabrics anymore. I'm like, she said, but I have the pattern. I'm like, oh, okay. And then they had, and I like bird houses too. And then they had, she had this blue bird little it's kind of like a banner. It is a banner. And it's really cute. And it's another fusible application. She said, and I was like, oh, this is cute. It's nice and cheery. It makes you smile. She said, well, I have a kit for that. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I like it, but I don't know if I want a kit for it. And so those were the two ooh-ah shiny things because I really wanted the kit for the Victorian houses. And I really didn't care what it cost. I just wanted that. So I walked around and I came back and Something took me back down that aisle, and then I saw that kid again. I'm like, I mean, not the kid, the quilt again. I'm like, God, that quilt is drawing me. Every time I come back, that is the first focus I see, and it was laying across the, chi the, uh, the chair. And I'm like, God, I don't know what it is about this quilt, but I love it. And everything in her booth, she did herself. Um, and I'll try to remember to put her website up there um, so on the third pass so I went and I'm like she said I got a pattern for it and it may be the colors of the quilt or whatever and I'm like well okay I'll get the pattern and I was looking at the bluebird quilt and I said oh this is making me happy so I bought the bluebird kit as well so I'll take pictures of that and, and post it and so, I didn't really spend 
I, I didn't really get a lot of things. I got a couple of fabric bundles, uh, rainbow hand-dyed fabric bundles. I got the block lock rulers, the iron, um, a pattern and a quilt kit. And I think that was about it. But some of the things that I purchased um, was a little pricey. Oh, and yes, I bought a medium-sized Karen K. Buckley um, scissors because I was wanting some of those. And that's pretty much all I purchased at the quilt show. I did have a little test run on a, a handy quilter. Not the Avante. Is it the Avante? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's the Avante. That's the 18-inch. That was all decked out digitally, um, computerized. So I did play with that for a minute. And there are some comparisons. And I didn't play with it when I purchased my Gamble. They were there, but my my mindset was on the Gamble. And I don't regret purchasing my Gamble. But the ham, Handy Quilter has a few features that the Gamble doesn't have. And one of the features is it has a fourth roller bar. And the fourth roller bar allows you not to have to... Um, move your bars up so that your take-up lever, once you get a little bit of the quilt rolled around on it, doesn't cause the part that you have already quilted to drag on your machine. So that fourth bar is very useful. The other thing that the Handy Quilter has, and these are three things that I like that Gamble doesn't have, um, the Handy Quilter, the oiling part of it is you have to oil seven spots on the gamel, including the little, uh, the little thumb or hook or whatever you call it that's in the shuttle, the bobbin area. You have to oil seven places on the gamel after each use. I'm used to it now, so it's really quick. Um, on the Handy Quilter, you only have to oil that little hook where the bobbin fits. Um, and I think it's like a little shuttle thing. But um, you only have the one place on the Handy Quilter. The other thing I like about Handy Quilter is you can purchase um, the computerized version for about $5,000 less than you can with the gamble. It might even be more than that. And they have a system that fits the smaller size, the 18-inch um, machine with the 18-inch, um, the 18-inch throat space with the 8-inch height. That is the throat space. It's not the quilting space, the throat space and the height from underneath down to the top of the machine. Um, when I, I talked to the gamble dealer there, because I was before I start talking to Handy Quilter, because I wanted to see what the cost would be the retrofit, I had had some email conversation with Natalie Bonner. She has the exact same machine table and everything, and she had hers retrofitted. And um, so that got me curious as to sometime in the future would it be beneficial for me to retrofit my machine. So when I was talking to the Gamble dealer, I guess two years ago they stopped selling the retrofit kit for the smaller machine. So it forces you to go up to the 22 inch size 
and I think the 22 inch size is about the price of a car yes about the price of a car well so is the handy quilter but like I said it's about five thousand dollars cheaper so anyway I'll look at that once I get into it and it becomes a business for me so um, then I can write it off as a business expense. But right now, I was just I was just comparing. I do like the handy quilter. I like the way it felt. Um, but the gamble was my dream machine, so I went with my dream. I'm not disappointing. It's, I'm not upset that I bought it or disappointed that I bought it. I'm just disappointed that I can't retrofit it. And should I get and should this business start and start flourishing at, at least that I can kind of supplement my income then I may look look into upgrading um, my machine and if I stick with a gamble I don't know um, so we'll see we'll see um, so that's enough about the quilt show next I want to talk about um, Lazy Daisy and her most recent her most recent um, episode. So I'm going to pause here now because I am going through the gate. So hang on. So yes, I was listening to Daisy's most recent podcast. She was talking about um, she kind of labeled it. She kept mentioning my name. Well, not kept, but she mentioned my name a couple of times and it tickled me. One time was about binding and she was referencing um, an episode that I did about how, what size binding I use. And then I guess her curiosity got the best of her. So she queried other people and she was surprised that a lot of people do two and a half inch binding. Well, I wasn't because for years up until recently, all of my binding was two and a half inches. And I think the only reason I switched was because I listened to one of her podcasts and she uses a very small binding. I think hers is two inches and during her podcast she mentioned that she's even gotten down to one and three quarters inches. Um, but I've gotten to two and a quarter and I'm good with that. I don't know if I could do two inches. So I decided to try the two and a quarter and it, it's working. So I'm no longer a two and a half inch binding person. I'm a two and a quarter inch binder, binding person. So that is the reason I chose what I chose for the title of my podcast. The other thing she mentioned was about the upcoming round robin. And I mentioned it would be nice um, to do one of those amongst us podcasters um, some a while back. And I'm not even going to try to reference when I mentioned it. I just know I mentioned it a while back. So she is taking on the challenge, just like Sandy Cowell took on the challenge for the fabric postcards. She is taking on the challenge of doing the round robin so <laughs> I'm like okay um so she uh, sometime in the summer she will be or in the next couple of months she'll be trying to get people who are interested and if you are send her an email to come around and 
join us for the round robin. And I talked a little bit about it on my last podcast, and she talked about it on her most recent podcast. So um, have a listen to her. She explains it more. I explained it a little bit about mine. And join us. So the more the merrier. The more the merrier. Um, Yeah. What else? Mm. So, yeah, she mentioned me a couple of times. And she gave me a shout out. So, hey, back at you, Daisy. Just wanted to give you a shout back. And the other thing that she is doing that she talked a little bit about. And... And I'm going to talk a little bit about is she is doing a finish along, okay? A finish along. And if you enter anything and join the Flickr group and enter um, into the finish along, then you will be entered into her drawing for her finish along thing. It's a holy parking lot. Um, And then she'll draw. It's for her birthday. She'll draw sometime in June. And then she will um, give away a quilt that she made. As you know, she's a prolific quilter. So, enter her. Finish along is a finish along 2014. I am in two of them. One is the Lilith Thistle, and I have a little button on my blog if you want to hear about hers. Quarter one just finished. We're doing our linky party now, um, and I think it goes through the sixth. And then quarter two will start. Um, Daisy's will end on her birthday. I think that's when she's going to draw. So join her Flickr group and enter some quilts. So if you're quilting and finishing anyway, why not just enter your name in for a prize? So, um, yeah, that's the finish-alongs that I am involved in. Think about the row robin. It will be fun. It is not a quick process. Usually they're about a year, um, and you do get quite a bit of time to add whatever you want to add. So think about both of those. But for this point... I'm going to have to make one more stop in my podcast. And had I not told you, it would be seamless to you. So, until a few minutes from now, I'll chat with you in a bit. I am back. Um, So, I'm going to continue my podcast. I don't have much more to say. First thing I want to um, talk about was my Hexi progress. Um, you know, I forgot how much time um, handwork takes. I was originally a, a applicator. I love applique. Always have loved applique. Um, hand applique. Well, yeah, hand applique. And my favorite was needle turn. So. Um, the hexes, even though I like hexes, I just, in this world of instant gratification, you want it done like yesterday. So, I think maybe I have about, oh, ten rosettes or flowers or however we want to call it done. 
Um, thank you. Sorry, I had to change lanes. Um, I have about 10 flowers done. And it's a long process, so every time I get a little bit of time, I'll do a little stitching, whether I'm at a light or, yes, in traffic, yes, we've been there before, Sandy, don't say a word, don't say a word, don't even think it. So, with that said, my hexi progress is slow and going, it's a steady roll, so haven't gotten to the point of where I'm trying to um, put them side by side yet. I'm just making individuals right now. Um, I have, I'm not even sure of what my connecting color will be because it's all sorts of colors. There's no theme. The only theme that I have is my centers. And if I didn't say it before, I'll say it now. All of my centers will be a purple of some kind and a purple that reads a solid. Right now I'm using um, a couple of batiks of some scraps that I had and I'll keep using that. Um, I did buy a purple at my local quilt shop um, a while back but I haven't started using that one. So yes, hexes are still a part of my, um, my weekday thing. So I may do two or three little hexagons and get them all sewn together, but um, two or three is better than none at all. So just wanted to give you a little update on that. I know Sandy was hosting a giveaway. I didn't win. Oh, oh, I don't know. The first giveaway I didn't win. I think it was the first giveaway. Somebody's giveaway I didn't win that was already drawn. And I know Sandy on her most recent podcast had mentioned a giveaway. I'm not sure if that one has been drawn or not. But um, if it has, I'm sorry. I'm kind of late to the game because I listened to her last week sometime. I can't remember. And like I said, I'm just now getting around to podcasting. I talked a little bit about the, the finish-alongs that are going on. I'm trying to take a quick glance at my little paper because I did have a little paper so I wouldn't forget. Um, oh, haven't really had any completed projects to talk about. Um, I'm in the process of linking up with my completed things and the littlest thistles finish-along I have until tomorrow to get those posted and a link back to the original my original blog post saying which ones I was going to funk to to work on um, during quarter one finish along so they have to link back and you can't have any extra and of course I didn't have Celtic solstice in there and that was one of my finishes nor did I had my little um, uh, project bag up there and that was a finish but it won't count in this finish along I don't know if it'll count in daisies though Celtic Solstice my little bag um, I'll have to when Daisy listens Daisy does anything quilting related count like a bag or a project bag or does it have to be a quilt I'm not sure if that was said hmm don't know now um, book, not a review, but my book progress, um, hmm, completed books and books on the horizon. 
I just finished listening to Divergent. Um, I talked about on the other side of Texas, the heaven on the other side of Texas, or whatever it was. I can't remember. It was Marie Bostwick's book. I can't ever remember that name. I just know it has to do with heaven and Texas. Go figure. But um, when I finished hers, um, I was on Goodreads posting or uploading that or editing saying that I finished the book as part of my um, my book challenge for 2014 and and I'm not sure who it was that just completed Divergent. Divergent is currently in the movie theaters and looking at the promos it was something that I wanted to see not necessarily in the movie theaters, but it was a movie that caught my interest and I wanted to see. So, the stars that had been given was a five. So, I decided that I would see if that book was available through Audible. And if it was, I was going to download it because I had some credits that I hadn't used. Um, so, I downloaded the book. And I just completed the book oh, earlier this week, I do believe, or was it last weekend? Well, sometime within the last week, I completed the book. And I absolutely loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. All the more reason for me to see the movie now. Because like I said, if I hadn't, back in my earlier days when I read a lot of hardback books and paperback books, I would read books that related to movies and compare the difference like Under the Dome the summer series that happened last year I listened to Under the Dome and looked at the summer series and there were quite a bit of differences between the book and the series so that is one of the reasons that I am going through the Outlander series um, to compare it with the series that will be coming on Showtime, I think it is. I think it's Showtime. I think it's Showtime. No, it's Stars. That's going to be coming on Stars this summer to the book version. And the book version always gives much more detail. Much more detail. So, Divergent, the book, was great. Um, haven't seen the movie yet. Uh, by the time I get to see it in the movie, it'll probably be out on DVD. And then I'll get it then because I have a lot of DVDs that I really haven't looked at yet. But at some point, I will. So, highly recommend it. I do. I do. I do. Um, currently now, I have started listening to Voyager. That is the third book in the Outlander series. Um, speaking of Outlander, and this is going to go out to Tanisha and Daisy, I think. Hmm. I'm not sure. I haven't been to fandom yet to see if any of those Outlander patterns have been put there. Um, I hope they have. Maybe I'll get there this weekend. But, hmm, Tanisha, has anything been put on fandom yet for the Outlander series? Tell me, huh? Tell me. Yes? No? Maybe? Or do I have to go look for myself? I really don't have to want to go look for myself. I just want someone to say yes, it's there so I can go troll for it. Um, 
And I think Daisy was doing some pattern testing for Tanisha. So if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But I do know Tanisha is working on the Outlander series. Yeah. So, um, I think with that, I think that is going to be about it for the podcast. I did have a few comments on my most recent blog post. I do read the comments um, that are there. I don't always talk about them, but I will talk about one comment. And if I, I'm not at my computer, I'm driving. It was about my wire baskets that I had purchased. Um, they, I was asked if they were working for me. Well, I haven't used it yet, so I can't really tell you if they were working for me or not because I haven't used it. Um, right now, it's sitting on one of the chairs in my dining, my eat-in side of my kitchen, collecting my mail um, that I have to shred. So I haven't really used them to, to let you know how they're working. But just from the Pinterest little post that I saw, they look like it would be a great thing to have. Uh, and I probably will get several more just to put on a shelf. Just not even just for the decorative part, but just contain stuff that is actually on my shelf. Because right now they're just laying everywhere. There is no organization. They fall over. They fall through the slats. I just need something to contain things to kind of keep the clutter look out of my immediate vision. So once I get enough baskets to line my current existing shelf, um, then I will talk about what the organization looks like and then move from there. But back to the question, no, I haven't actually put them in use yet. So, okay, second ending. With that said, if you need to get a hold of me, just go to thequiltingpot.com. It takes you directly to my blog on the right-hand sidebar or links to Pinterest, Ravelry, Insta- I don't think I have an Instagram, Goodreads, um, and Twitter. Um, if you need to send me an email on the left-hand sidebar, there is a link um, to send me an email. Um, leave a comment on the post. Leave a comment on iTunes or a star rating for myself or any other podcaster that you enjoy. Different sound quality. I'm just going to put this in here now. Um, The knocking you heard during my podcast was from my keys hitting my console, and I do apologize for that. The question about the baskets that I purchased and put a picture of up on my blog, I think it was the St. Patty's Day post, was from Janet L., So, with that said, may all your seams be straight.